Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. The following content is not suitable for children. Getting more specific about the sexual cycle, Lori. Ooh, I love specifics about sex. Let's talk about it. Welcome to Foreplay Radio, Couples and Sex Therapy. I'm Lori Watson, your sex therapist. And I'm George Fallon, your couples therapist. And we are passionate about talking about sex and helping you develop a way to talk to each other. Our mission is to help our audience develop a healthier relationship to sex that integrates the mind, the heart, and the body. You know, we've, we've done a lot to try to get couples to unite against the cycle, to blame the cycle. And I, I think a lot of couples can identify their moves and can see like, oh yeah, I push and you go away and you go away and I push and like they can name it globally, but they have a really tough time breaking it down in really specific nuances. And for, for couples that can do that, that gives them a whole new level of, of liberation, actually, and empowerment that they can actually see how insidious this, this nasty cycle can be and how it can just slip in in the littlest of ways. So we're, we're going to give examples and try to get more specific here. Okay, great. What's your first example? I was working with a male sexual pursuer and mm-hmm. his female sexually withdrawn partner. And yes. emotionally, they flip-flop, right? They had a crisscross style. So she was the emotional pursuer and the, he was the sexual withdrawer. Mm-hmm. You know, but we were talking about their sexual cycle. And he would, because he's been rejected so many times sexually, he still initiates, but he initiates with, you know, with criticism and a bit of anger. You know, so it's like, Hey, you know, you think you want to have sex tonight? Like he is already in his voice is the suggestion that she probably don't want to have sex tonight. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's going to work so well hitting her, right? There's there's not really seduction and invitation. It's just a an edge of criticism. Right. And again, we get the edge of criticism. It's hard to ask when your body's preparing to be hurt. Yes. Right? But again, mathematically, 
if, if she don't have high testosterone that's driving this this initiation that that the male has she's going to need a lot of things in place to be in a mood to tap into a desire that's not a great start when you're kind of saying hey with a bit of criticism do you want to have sex yes it is not a great start i can guarantee that and so what does she do with that she's not really in the mood She's not in the mood, and she hears this implicit criticism, which turns her off even further. Exactly. So the, the first step is really trying to see, get the couple to see in that moment how the cycle is setting both of them up for this failure. Mm-hmm. Right? She is being blamed. She is being convicted of not wanting to have sex even before she's been asked to have <laughs> sex. That's Think true. about how nasty that is. That is so true. Right? I'm already making a judgment that she's probably not in the mood. And because of that, I'm frustrated and angry. And I'm already telling her you're not in the mood as my initial starting point. Ooh, yeah, that is so sexy. Gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how you're not in a mood. <laughs> that kind of stock pick up line it, right like where'd the game go man where was that game that seduced me in the first place that that is missing right and we're not trying to blame the pursuer here because it's no. hard when you've been rejected no, that's yes, why we're trying to get yes. both of them to see the cycle yes the cycle sets me up to be angry and sets you up i mean we're trying to listen to the wisdom of low desire like there's nothing wrong with your body not wanting to have sex in that environment Right, right. So how do we see that low desire as a symptom of the negative cycle? Like this is what the cycle has set you up for. That's not your problem. This is now the second wave. So the first wave that's really tragic for me in working with this couple is to see how it starts off for her where she's being convicted and she hasn't even done anything yet. Exactly. And that's pretty nasty. But to me, the second wave is even going to be worse. Right? The second wave is, it's wisdom to not have desire in that environment. But then because she don't have desire, she's going to be blamed for the problem. It's her low desire, which is a byproduct of this cycle, that is the problem. Mm-hmm. It becomes internalized as something in her, something that's broken within her. Mm-hmm. How unfair is that? I, I often say this. It's really unfair first. But I often say that desire is actually a shared quantity. It it isn't something that one person holds and the other person has, or one person has and the other person doesn't have. It is something that is a product of their cycle. It can either be a secure sexual attachment or like you've just described, an insecure sexual attachment where they're in this push, pull away, pursue, withdraw, negative cycle. And then, yeah, I'm going to downregulate my desire because I just felt criticized. You know, I, I don't, I'm not going to even be in touch with it. Why would I be in touch with what I want when I'm already told I don't want it? Exactly. But see what happens when we break this down. We could really help both partners start seeing how vicious this is. Right now we're focusing on the wife that it's not her fault She's not in a mood the way it is presented. But what's worse is going to be the next part. She is now going to be blamed for that. 
and she's going to believe there's something wrong with her. Oh, yeah. When, you know, this is just so nasty. We need to name that. We need, we need her to hear, wait, this isn't your fault that you don't have desire right here. Nobody would have desire in this kind of environment. This is not your fault. Ooh, right? say it one more time, George. So many people Shout need it to out hear here. this. This is not your fault that you don't have desire here. Anybody in that space with not a lot of testosterone that's being put on the spot and is being criticized and, and is being blamed for the problem is going to want to have sex. Yes, yes. Yes, thank you for saying that. Am I tapping into my female body now, Lori? <laughs> you have tapped in. So you can see the viciousness of those waves. And a lot of times, husbands don't see that. They don't see how quickly their anger turns into a message that judges, that criticizes, and blames the partner for the low desire is the problem. And mm. doesn't see the cycle is the problem. Doesn't see the environment that's being created as the problem. Yes. And, our- and how tragic that then the woman then blames herself and agrees with the message. That's a bad, unfair message. It must be me. I must uh-huh. have low desire. It's really my body's failing me. And it's like this whole can of worm gets opened up because the couple's not able to see the cycle. So true. And when they come into therapy, she identifies herself as having the problem. I, I just have low desire. You know, and-, and they don't know at the beginning that it's part of the cycle. Exactly. Because often I ask her, so when you're having sex and you kind of get aroused and you get going, do you want to have sex? She goes, oh, yeah. I mean, when that happens, I do want to have sex, i.e. I do have desire. Exactly. But what a gift. Like when we're able to slow this down and actually name what was happening to her in the cycle, the husband was like, the light bulb went off. He's like, oh, my God, I can't believe this is what's happening for her. I can't believe, and now you could take responsibility for the impact. This is what we were talking about in another episode. Like, I, the intent I need to get for myself, I'm pushing because I need things to change. You know, the, the, the lack of sex, the lack of engagement in the sex is a real problem for me. It triggers some really nasty, hurtful, rejecting places. You bet. So how I learn to protect myself is to fight that. And that's a beautiful thing. Like I want things to change and I'm willing to address it. And I need that energy to kind of push into these areas. So I get the intent. But what we're really inviting listeners to see is the impact of what I'm trying to do. My intent, which is to motivate her, not only doesn't motivate her, it convicts her, it blames her, it sees the problem in her, right? It, it does some nasty things. And when I, you know, when this man got that, he's like, I, I can't believe I'm so sorry that I do this to you. I'm so sorry for my move in the protection and what it does to you. This is not your fault. This is the cycle's fault. Oh, that is so beautiful. I love it when the light dawns on people and they get it, and then their heart is moved in compassion toward their partner, and boy, does that warm things up, right? Mm. What relief for that wife to hear that he got it, and now he's taking it back. It's not your fault. Oh, my gosh, it's this cycle between us that is doing this nasty thing to you and shutting you down, and I didn't even realize what I was doing. Mm. Yeah, I I mean— we would think we would realize, but we don't because the intensity of our emotion, either as pushing or withdrawing, I mean, we can't really see it. But he saw the impact on her 
And that's the that's the change moment, don't you think, in therapy when people start to identify? I mean, first they just have to know there's a cycle, and then later they have to say, and then when I do my move, how does it hit my partner? Exactly. Oh, yeah, it triggers them in just the particular way that they are vulnerable to. Yeah, her tears of relief, her tears of just like he's getting me. Mm-hmm. It was freedom in that mm. to feel like this actually isn't my fault, that this could be different. We could work together to change the environment. Mm-hmm. Think how much freedom that is for her. Mm-hmm. Mm. Right? And it's freedom for him to be able to say, like, I, I, I need this to change, but I need to figure out a way that works better for us to create that change. Yes. And I got to figure out a way of not sending you the message it's your fault so now he goes into these conversations with that planted in his brain i need to protect her in these conversations i need to initiate these conversations but be mindful of protecting my wife in these conversations i know the message she gets in a negative cycle it's her fault it's not her fault right so now he's building this into his conversations when he starts it off he says hey i want to talk about sex but right out of the gate i want you to know it's not your fault Right, this is something we've created. It's something we're going to need to change. I need your help with this. Do you want to have a conversation? Think how different that is as a starting point instead of coming right out with the criticism. Exactly. Exactly. He's softening it. He's he's owning his part in it. He's saying it's between us. So this is right. It's good work when he starts to do that because he he's already changing the cycle. You know, preparing her. I'm not going to criticize you here. I just, I want to talk about it in a way that we can team up and be united against this cycle together. And I know this is a dicey place for you. It's a dicey subject. In the past, we've had failures. You know, I, George, one of the things that I've loved about working with you is you've really helped me soften up as a pursuer and even in our role plays, like helping me to say things better to say things softer. And that's so important. What you just demoed is a better conversation and a better starting point for sure for this couple. Well, let's come back and talk about what she can do to protect him. At the end of the day, that is what expansion is. You're trying to get both people who are protecting themselves to first see their intent, but then start to see the bigger picture, start to see the impact. When you can see a bigger picture, you have a lot more choice. Uberlube, partnering, with Foreplay Radio for a while. We really believe in this product because it's hard to have good sex when it's dry or painful. Take the pressure off. Use Uber Lube to be able to enjoy the present moment. Get deeper into the connection with your partner. Oh, I love what you're saying. And I think it certainly is something that we need to manage dryness. But I also just think, you know, it's so slippery. It can be used all over the body just to enhance that skin-on-skin feeling. And it's silicone-based. I don't have to be a sex therapist like Lori to know silicone-based makes it just a little bit better. Mm -hmm. It's actually good for the body, and it's condom-friendly, which is great. Doctors are recommending it everywhere. I've been using it and recommending it for 20 years now. Uberlube.com is where you find it with the coupon foreplay. Please use that to support us at the podcast. You get 10% off. It's a great product. So, George, we are all so busy. And Green Chef 
is a CCOF certified meal kit company. Basically, whether you're keto, paleo, vegan, vegetarian, gluten-free, or just looking to eat more balanced meals, or for me, particularly more variety, Green Chef offers a range of recipes to suit your preferences. Hey, listen, Lori, I actually tried it. I don't care about how healthy it is, so that helps. But it tastes good. <laughs> That's what really matters. I mean, I can't believe a vegetarian meal could taste as good as the thing I tried. So that was... That was pretty awesome. I know. And I tried the paleo keto stuff. It was so good. And it was so different than the things we normally make. It was delicious. It was easy. They sent everything that we needed. They send seasonal produce and premium proteins and all the organic ingredients you can trust. It's time saving. It's a great recipe. I mean, I think it's really faster than even going to a restaurant. Go to greenchef.com slash foreplay135 and use code foreplay135 to get $135 off your first five boxes plus free shipping on that first box. So again, go to greenchef.com slash foreplay135 and use the code foreplay135 to get $135 off five boxes plus free shipping on your first box. You know, Green Chef is the number one meal kit for eating well. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Okay, let's be honest. Sex is better when everyone is enjoying themselves. And we're in agreement on that one, Lori. Dame Products designed Eva. It's the first hands-free vibrator for couples. And it kind of boosts your pleasure and connection with a little toy that won't get in your way. I know some of you are anxious about using vibrators, but really, really, truly, I'd love for you to try this. In order to get there, even the most sexually motivated couples can benefit from this because it's kind of a strategically placed buzz. Dame Products designed this to be hands-free. It's called Eva, and it nestles close to your body, and it kind of stays put. All you need is a finger to position it. And it's really designed to enhance pleasure between the two of you, especially when you're having intercourse. They have other products too. It's called Air. It's sort of this suction cup vibrator. It's another good one. So power up your pleasure with all of the Dame products. Go to dameproducts.com. Use the code foreplay today for 15% off site-wide. That's the code foreplay to take 15% off your first order at dameproducts.com. All right, Lori. So yes, words are so important. Really helping people understand that you can still protect yourself, but be aware of the impact of your partner and protect them too. That's the good news of a cycle. It's the same moves. It's the same triggers. It's the same hurt places. Mm. Once you start to understand that, you got to build this protection into your vocabulary. Mm. This is about being more intentional, being more disciplined in your communication. Yes. Like and I want to talk about sex. I know talking about sex usually blames my partner. I need to bring that into the conversation. I need to use my words to make that explicit. 
Yes. And we talk about this as pursuer softening in our work, right? We want the pursuer. It's the awareness of the impact of their move that helps them soften it because they're they're basically wanting to be tender to their partner. They're wanting to protect their partner. And they use words that make explicit the old pattern. You mm-hmm. know, I'm aware of the old pattern. You don't have to be defensive because I'm already aware of what I do in my the moves that hurt you. I'm I'm taking ownership of that and that relieves the withdrawing partner like okay maybe this conversation will go differently. That's it feels a little safer. When the pursuer softens, the withdrawer feels a little bit safer to engage. So let's try to flip this around. Good. Because right, we Good, want to have balance a pursuer, in a cycle. And I want to hear what, what my partner needs to do. Well, and we need to have balance to recognize both people in negative cycle are doing the same thing and protecting themselves. So what was I doing? I was using my anger to try to motivate change. But that anger was actually blaming you and convicting you. Let's flip this around. When you, Lori, don't engage... Because not engaging in these hurtful conversations feels safer for you. Sure. If you could avoid hearing me criticize you or you're disappointing me or frustrating me, it's, it's easier to not feel so bad about yourself. There's safety in not engaging. That is the, the intent. Yes. And I, I have a good example. I was talking with a couple once and, you know, they'd been seeing me for quite a while. And all we talked about was the sexual attachment cycle. And this, I think they'd gone a gap maybe like two weeks instead of their regular week. And the sexual pursuer had not made a move. And I asked the sexual withdrawer, uh, what was it like for you? Oh, well, I I didn't even think about it. I didn't even, you know, I, I was busy. I didn't even think about it. Like somehow or another, all the money they're spending, all the pain that they've had for all these years when there was not a tap, tap, tap for sex, it was like that person didn't even think about it. They put it out of their mind. Like the, the withdrawer has internal strategies as well to avoid conflict. I don't want to think about this area here that's so painful. But then the problem, right, is I don't bring it up. I don't remember my partner's deep needs. I don't tell them, you know, about I don't say anything at all. Mm-hmm. And then my partner is completely abandoned, which builds their frustration. Exactly. So we're going to take that moment where you make a choice not to engage, to feel safer. You are actually convicting your partner of not trusting their response, afraid they're going to get angry and critical. You're seeing that criticism, so you're trying to stay away from it. You haven't given them a chance. You haven't taken a risk to see what's happened. Your brain has already decided this isn't going to work. That was why I'm not going to try. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Think about how like unfair that is when you don't even get a chance to see how you would respond. Yeah. My brain knows the pattern. Mm-hmm. When we talk about sex, there's an explosion. So I want to stay safe. And my brain actually like almost erases the whole conflict because then that's even safer. If I don't even think about this as an area of conflict, it's safer for me. I'm not going to have that explosion. But over on the other side, the impact on my partner is sending this message. I don't even remember 
your need. I don't care about your need. I'm not willing to engage in any way, even if the engagement were little and tiny, like, you know, I do know it's been a week now since we've had sex and I am slammed. And I imagine that for you, this is sending you the message that I don't ever think about it and I don't care about you. And I want to, I want to care about you. I want to talk about it, but right now I'm out of juice. Can we do this on Saturday morning? And let's spend a little time thinking about how we can make it better. I mean, that would blow the sexual pursuer's mind to have that mm-hmm. message come forward, even if it's not a message of initiation or seduction or let's do it now. Just the fact that they're holding in their brain the idea that this need between us, this need that you have is important. And it's important enough to me to bring it up to you. Right. So. Wait, I want to ask you, I want to ask you, if you were the sexual pursuer, how would what I say just now, how would that hit you? That would hit me well. Because again, the unfairness of the setup of the negative cycle, and we're trying to get the couple to blame the cycle, not blame each other. Mm-hmm. You, you, by not engaging to feel safe, put the burden on me to carry this. Mm-hmm. And that feels unfair. But then when I express the unfairness, I'm being critical. Mm-hmm. And then if you don't ask me because you're afraid of my criticism, you're judging me and convicting me without giving me a chance, I'll lose every way here. Yeah. Right? And, and again, that feels pretty unfair. Right. So and- how do we, again, I want to keep this simple. Okay. You send me the message all the time by not engaging that I'm too much. Yes. You're scared of my reaction. I send you the message all the time. You're not enough, right? We just keep playing this game with each other. That's what a, what a cycle does. So not only do you tell me I'm too much and don't give me a chance and put the burden on me. But then when I bring it up and now that feels unfair, now I'm going to be blamed for the problem of being negative and critical all the time. Mm -hmm. That's what feels so gaslighting Mm -hmm. for pursuers. It's like you won't engage, you force it on me, and then you blame me for bringing it up all the time. Like what the hell is going on here? I am really getting it. Yes, 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 absolutely. I don't bring it up. Um, because I'm afraid that you'll be angry. But essentially, that shifts the burden of responsibility to you. Exactly. You know? And instead I, and of then, saying, thank you I'm for mad. taking that, yeah, then the, you're mad at me for it. And then I'm mad every time you bring it up. And then I, I, I go you know, often more critical. And it's like, oh, you want is sex. That's the only thing you care about. You know, I mean, it's, it gets really, like you say, nasty. Because I'm not seeing my part and shifting the responsibility over to you and then blaming you for your frustration. Mm-hmm. Of course, you're going to be frustrated. So just like I was able to see what the cycle, how unfair is it to blame you for your low desire and not engaging when that's the atmosphere you're in? You now got to flip this around and not blame me for the frustration. Mm -hmm. to recognize that this is my fighting for us, Mm -hmm. that this is, this is a natural byproduct of the burden that I'm carrying. Right. You still want me to change that. And we've got to figure out a different way of doing that, but to kind of free me from this place of being seen as too much. Cause the sad reality is because the dynamics make this happen all the time. I actually start to feel that that's true. There must be something wrong with me. I must be too much, right? Why does this keep happening in every conversation around this? 
Yeah, I have men often, and it's often heterosexually that males are more of the sexual pursuer. But I often have them come in and say, yeah, I, maybe I am a sex addict. Maybe maybe I do just want sex and am, am bad for that. They start to apologize for this part of them. And I mm-hmm. I often support them and say, look, it, this is a good part. It's fighting for sexual connection. It's fighting for the exciting part of your marriage. And that's what we need them to see what she needs to do is she needs to see that his fight is actually a way that he wants a deeper intimacy with her. But the cycle takes it, tanks the both of them because they don't quite know how to do that in the moment. And, you know, then it becomes the pursue withdraw cycle instead. That's what they got a war against. Yes. So the big takeaway, I love that you're initiating any conversation. But if you can get more specific and actually blame the cycle for the frustration, not me. Mm, mm-hmm. Just like I'm not blaming you for the low desire, I'm blaming the cycle. Think how different that is. Mm-hmm. How much that would be freedom for me to hear you say, I am so sorry that the cycle kind of sends you the message that you're being too critical all the time, that mm-hmm. you're being frustrated. You're being set up for that. That you're being too much and wanting sex too much. I hate it that the cycle sends you that message that this part of you that is fighting for us to be sexual and to be deeply intimate in our bodies, mm-hmm. it just it sends you the message, right? My part, obviously, I'm quiet. I don't bring it up. But then the message is you're too much and the cycle tanks us both. And I hate that. Exactly. And for you to be able to say anybody in your shoes would be frustrated. Anybody in your shoes would, you know, probably want to approach a conversation bracing for the rejection. Yes. Right. So when you initiate that conversation saying, hey, what do you think? Like, even though that's a huge turnoff for you and it sets you up for low desire, you get why I started off that way. Because the negative cycle is telling me it's probably not going to happen. Probably going to lead to some kind of more rejection in the conversation. There's nothing wrong with your body going down that road of bracing for you know some of that frustration. Yes. So first, teaming up against the negative cycle is what we want couples to think about first. A- and then later, they can develop some new moves that mm-hmm. you know change the way they interact. They, they got to see the cycle. They got to see the impact of their protective strategy on their partner. And then in order to break the cycle, they got to have a new move. Nice. So I think what I'm adding in between that is, yes, start off seeing their it, the intent. Okay. Then they want to start to see the impact of that on their partner. Then they want to start taking responsibility for how their protection sets the partner up for their protection. Instead of blaming them for it, instead of me blaming you for the low desire and you blaming me for the criticism, right? Both of us need to start accepting permission, Mm -hmm. you know, start accepting responsibility. I can say to you, you should have low desire given this cycle. You're not doing anything wrong by not wanting to Mm -hmm. engage. And I need to say to you, you should be angry and critical when I don't engage with you, when I never bring it up and I never initiate. Of course, you know, it makes sense to me that I've shifted responsibility to you and you're kind of left holding the bag and you're going to be frustrated. I get that. That is a couple really uniting against the cycle. Yes. 
Nein. Stop blaming each other and start blaming the cycle. The cycle sets Lori up to not want to have sex. The cycle sets me up to be frustrated with that denial. Let's stop blaming each other and let's start blaming the cycle. And since I'm a pursuer, <laughs> I like to push things even further. And I think the new move for the pursuer is to soften, to really take down in their with their language, with their preparation for the conversation, a soft way of being. And for the withdrawer, they need to initiate. They need That's to initiate at least right the conversation. Yes, they're always working towards the new moves. That is a new conversation. That is a positive cycle, right? For me to be able to blame the cycle, not Lori, is me coming to her in a different way. Her staying engaged instead of going away is her new move. This is math. You need both people to have new moves to create a positive cycle. The only way out of a negative cycle is to create a positive cycle. We're going to do another episode on that. Okay. Thanks for listening. Keep it hot, y'all. Hey, Lori. We know Dallas training's coming up. This is a chance to get back in person. We're super excited. Great sex, great love. Teaching couples, therapists, how to help people with sex. Dallas, Texas, August 12th and 13th. Join us in person, George. Hotter than hell in Texas. Be there or be square. Get it? Square dance. Wear your cowboy boots. Call in your questions to the 4Play question voicemail. Dial 833-MY-4PLAY. That's 833-MY, the number 4, play. And we'll use the questions for our mailbag episodes. All content is for entertainment purposes only and should not be considered as a substitute for therapy by a licensed clinician or as medical advice from a doctor. This podcast is copyrighted by 4Play Media. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.